If you're looking to buy or sell pre-IPO stock, SharesPost has a solution for you. Since 2009, SharesPost has transacted more than $4 billion in the top private tech companies. Proven, trustworthy, secure. Visit us at SharesPost.com. Coming up on Equity, Twitter continues to make moves to curb its harassment problems. Juul, an e-cigarette company, is worth a ton of money. And a meditation app is all of a sudden raising a big pile of cash. Welcome to Equity. I'm TechCrunch's Matthew Lindley. I'm joined remotely by Silicon Valley editor Connie Loizos. Hello, Matthew. And we are not featuring Crunchbase News Editor-in-Chief Alex Wilhelm because he is off taking care of his Slayer shirts or something like that, as always. So um, so uh, uh, this one's going to be a little bit short and sweet, um, just because we, we want to cover uh, just a couple topics. And one of our guests had to... Family emergency <laughs> in New York. So yeah. sadly, we'll have him yeah. another time. Yeah. So, um, so, so this one will be short and sweet, and we're going to start off with Twitter. Which, what the hell is going on here? The stock for Twitter is up about ninety percent this year, and in the past year total, it's up about one hundred and sixty percent or so, one hundred and seventy-five percent. And I'm almost positive, like two years ago, we said Twitter was dead or dying or like was done. Um, I know, I know, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't know quite is what, what's going on if it's sort of um, related in some way to Square. You know, Bloomberg had written yesterday about how both companies are on the brink of boasting 100% gains this year. What, yeah. what, what is driving uh, sort of confidence in Twitter? Yeah. So this is, this is, uh, w- w- what essentially happened this week was Twitter made another acquisition, uh, with this company called Smite, which is a com- which is a company that offers tools to stop online abuse, harassment, spam, protect user accounts, that kind of stuff, basically checking all the boxes of things that Twitter is really bad at. Um, and they didn't disclose, dis- to close, disclose the terms. Um, but it's one of those things where like Twitter is continuing to make moves to try and curb harassment. This is what the, pro- this is what the platform has always had problems with, and it just got worse and worse and worse over time. I'm sure if you you've logged into Twitter recently, you've you've wanted to run away screaming. Um, but things are getting better. Um, and uh, so Twitter is, you know, Twitter in 2018 has somehow stumbled its way into this amazing lucky situation where there's a lot of activity related to politics. We have the 2018 midterm election going on. Um, the World Cup is going on right now. That's another really big world event. Uh, Twitter's focusing a lot on a lot of its efforts on video right now. Uh, so it's it seems like it's like one of those things where you could make a really, really big bet on this company and going into, I don't know, it feels like a make or break year for it, right? I mean, if this is like, if if Twitter wants to be a news platform, you have three of like the biggest news events in the world, like in the past like decade driving, it'll we'll go like five years, four years because of the World Cup. Um, and this one's not quite so interesting this time around, especially after Lionel Messi missed that shot uh, at the very end. But um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so so yeah, so it's like a it's it, it's one of those moments where it's like a it's like a make or break for Twitter. So but I mean, as ever though, like, is it a news platform? Is it a neutral service provider? I mean, I still feel like it's just incredible that at this point we're that we're still trying to figure it out. Twitter still seems to be trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, I think it was sort of very much a free speech rules, you know, uh, approach at the beginning, um, and and as it's sort of getting more involved in trying to you know squash hate speech and hate speech, excuse me, uh, harassment, uh, violent threats, it has to sort of. Um, answer tougher and tougher questions about like 
you know, what those things are exactly. It just, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, ever growing minefield. But I think this deal is really interesting. I'd never heard of Smite, but it has some interesting um, customers, right? Like Indiegogo, I was trying to see earlier. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a young company. It was founded in 2015, raised $6.3 million in funding from Y Combinator, Baseline Ventures, Founder Collective, a, a bunch of others. Uh, and again, like you said, that the, the um, uh, acquisition price is not being disclosed. So I don't know if it's a big deal, but it sounds a little bit like a talent grab. Did you get that sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, Twitter is actually like, uh, I feel like they're they're known for kind of picking up smaller startups that seem to actually fly a little bit under the radar, but have some pretty significant or, or startups of consequence. I, I don't know if you remember Crashlytics back in the day when they bought that company, but like, they, they you know, a couple, uh, you know, products like that and companies like that, obviously, if you're bring like Twitter is one of those companies where, they're fighting for talent with Facebook and Google and all these other guys. And if you, you know, wind the clock back to early 2016, that stock price was not looking very good. So they, they didn't have a lot of leverage in terms of, you know, compensation for share-based compensation, which is one of the main vectors for which people get paid in Silicon Valley, especially engineers who are basically asking for like million dollar salaries. And, you know, if you're Google, you're like, I'm not going to pay you a million dollars, but here's some stock. Right. Um, So, so, so they have to, you know they have to figure out ways to acquire talent. Um, fortunately, they they've been blessed with uh, this this uh, dramatic rise in and the its market value. So their stock is worth a lot more. So they can probably ease more easily make acquisitions, especially talent acquisitions. Sure, and um, acquisition, for for something. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say any acquisition like this does wonders. I'm sure just for public perception too. You know, they're basically saying, "Look, we're trying. We're doing whatever we can." This company focuses on, you know, trying to prevent fraud and abuse, and uh, you know. We'll we'll see how effectively it happens. I think it's actually shutting down the company and sort of getting absorbed into yeah. Twitter. But um, you know, it's, it's also else, like, from a public relations standpoint, it's a big deal, <laughs> a smart move. Uh, I mean, it's also interesting. It's just like we have this we had this news this week about um, them buying a, a company that's for that's handling anti harassment, and then uh, later and you know at the back half of the week we also had the situation where a bunch of people were getting banned for tweeting a link to a story that had uh Stephen Miller's phone number in it which was this like three levels deep nested yes, yes. nested version of like somehow abiding by its like abuse policy of not doxing people online which apparently like Taking tweeting tweets. a link to us t- tweeting a link to a story that had a phone number for a public figure was classified as doxing and a bunch of people like banned and they were like tweeting about it as a joke to see if they would get banned. So, uh, so, you know, it's, it's work in progress for Twitter, uh, bless their hearts. Uh, they've got a, they've got a long ways to go. Um, but, but I mean, you know, it's, they're trying, right. I mean, it's like you're saying they're trying and, and, you know, they're trying to see if they want to be a news platform or whatever it is they want to be. They're trying really hard in video. Um, they signed that big deal with Bloomberg, uh, to do live video. I want to say like it was earlier this year or last year or something like that. Um, obviously, you know, like the elections are coming up, the World Cup is coming is coming up. Um, you know, Tom Brady got owned in the Super Bowl at, earlier this year, so, uh, so that's a good moment for Twitter. Um, so, so it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, you always you always bet on future growth, and if Twitter's there's at least some signals of future growth and it's like, okay, well, well let's, let's give this a shot. Um, Absolutely. And it's a, it's a nice sort of change for Jack Dorsey, who of course has gone through, you know, he's celebrated, he's sort of not villainized, but you know, people are sort of uh, lose their confidence in whether or not he can run both Twitter and square. And so right now with both of these firms approaching, I think of like $62 billion in combined valuation, uh, it's, it's, you know, good news for him. 
Yeah. It's also wild. It's like last year, I remember looking at this company and being like, oh, that's, you know, we'll see where it goes. And then it passed Snap and Market Cap. And we we're like, oh, man. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> <Right>. interesting. <laughs> right, right. And so they just completely diverged and went in opposite directions. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah. So, so they must be smoking something. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know I'm terrible at these transitions. Um, so, okay, guys, the next big story we have today is PAX Labs, um, or excuse me, it's actually Juul. Um, so but let me give you a little bit of background for uh, listeners who might not know the whole story. So PAX Labs is this 11-year-old e-cigarette company that was founded back in 2007. And it markets these PAX vaporizers that people use to smoke weed and loose-leaf tobacco. And you know some of you may have it in one of your drawers. Um, but the company also developed this Juul e-cigarette, which is a nicotine-only device. Um, and so Juul was spun out of the company last year, and its valuation has like completely soared since. I mean, last year, the company was valued at $250 million. And this is according to an analysis of um, filings by the outlet, The Information. Fidelity, the mutual fund firm and a jewel investor, then marked up the value of its shares to more than $4 billion in April, which frankly, I totally missed. Um, But now, according to The Information, institutional investors are buying up positions from earlier shareholders, I guess. um, I'm not sure who these are, but possibly uh, employees at a $10 billion valuation on the secondary market. And a broker uh, told The Information that insiders are looking to sell uh, their shares at prices that could potentially value the company at $15 billion. So here we've been talking about Bird and scooters and you know all these other things. But this is like a huge, huge uh, consumer-facing company that's got, you know, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's just remarkable to me how quickly it's grown. I mean, I mean, it's like it's. I think it's one of those things where we used to, we used to two years ago, maybe three years ago, we would sit here and like, you know, put our our chins on our hands and be like, well, dang, hardware is hard. And like now, you look at Bird and you know Jewel and things like that. You're like, no, like hardware is really freaking easy. Like, what are we talking? <laughs> what, were, what were we talking about? Like, right, right. I know. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's still hard, but like, I mean, if you could sort of dump, you know, fifteen thousand scooters into the middle of a city. Uh, at, you know, at on a whim. Um, I mean, obviously, you have to raise money from uh, at insane valuations from Sequoia as one does. But, um, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if you can lock down the design element of it, and you can lock down the ecosystem around it, then it's like, actually, maybe, yeah, maybe and it's not so hard getting right, these right. things out the door. And it's funny, because these are such different companies, but there are tons of, you know, sort of analogies. So so what you get with the uh, Jewel Lab is, as you say, a hardware um, device, but you also have this recurring subscription um, business. So, you know, birds, it's a little bit less reliable. You don't know how often people are going to be using it, but obviously they're paying, you know, to use the product on an ongoing basis. In this case, uh, the device and this UBS charger, they sell together for about $35. And then you um, buy these four packs of uh, flavored liquid nicotine for $16. And you can find them at stores and uh, I think you can buy them online. But it controls 64% of the uh, e-cig market. So there are other companies, including like Tobacco King, RJ Reynolds. Um, it has a vaporizer product called Views Vibe, I think, uh, that it introduced like five years ago. But it's losing market share fast. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't help that its product apparently can catch on fire because of a battery <laughs> issue. Um, but what, I'll, I'll just say what I think is really interesting about this company is a lot of VCs who would probably love to invest in it, the same people who are investing in Bird, can't. And that's because of, you probably know this, Matthew, so-called vice clauses and their agreements mm-hmm. with their investors, like pension funds. They don't want to be um, having these VCs invest in things like tobacco or firearms. 
I think CalPERS is like a super sticky, stickly one about that, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Um, or, or like some of the other big, like big pension funds and endowments. Yeah, it's really interesting. One firm apparently that is not um, tied to these sort of uh, agreements with their investors is Tiger Global Management. So they've, they're have they an early investor. They're continuing to buy up shares. I think it's kind of interesting that Fidelity is also um, a major stakeholder here. But yeah, I, well, I mean, I think uh, this one, Jewel is going to be a, a fascinating one just because, uh, I mean, obviously we're in our little bubble. Um, so, uh, you know, take this with an absolute grain of salt. But if you walk around like Market Street in San Francisco, you see these huge billboards that are like, e-cigs are terrible and they're like corrupting our children and stuff like that. And like, uh, you know, t- I, I mean, obviously I, I don't have kids, so I, I can't really speak to this um, authoritatively, but I think it is, it's one of those things where it is like, almost like bird, like setting up for a big, you know, there's going to be a big like regulatory battle. Sure. Uh, that's like, it, this is classic, like, you know, VC and, and uh, like Fidelity and these other guys investing a ton of money in a really fast growing space, assuming on the back end, it'll be resolved. Uh, so you just get in now and just automatically assume that like, this will be figured out five years from now and our bet's going to look really, really smart or something. Like right, that. right, right. Well, you, know, you know why they had those big billboards? Because San Francisco, uh, there was a proposition recently and, and San Francisco voters, uh, Passed past it to ban sales of flavored tobacco products. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that could probably be challenged. But meanwhile, Jewel's also dealing with questions from the FDA, which um, I think is, you know, concerned about its um, adoption by teenagers. And, you know, mm-hmm. the company says we don't market our product to teenagers, but something like 20% of all high school seniors in the U.S. say they've been, you know, using these uh, e-cigs. Um, and I guess the American Heart Association and the American Lung Association are up in arms because I, I, I really don't know the intricacies of this, but um, the FDA, I think, is sort of making these companies submit something called a pre-market tobacco application to keep their products on the market. But they have until 2022 to do it. So in the meantime, these organizations are like, you know, how many Americans are you exposing to these, quote, you know, lethal substances in the meantime? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's like one of those situations. I, you mentioned the recurring the recurring model. I mean, the it, it's one of those things where I think that uh, there's been a little bit of warming to hardware pro- like hardware products that have a really really strong recurring revenue model. I mean, the one that comes to mind, obviously, it's way different. But the one that comes to mind is Peloton, um, which like as you buy like it's this extremely expensive spin thing. But like at the same time, you're also paying monthly for access to classes and content and things like that. And I mean, from the people that I talk to, they really like it. It seems like it's like actually like a product that a ton of people really like, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like we have hardware and a recurring revenue model on top of it. So if we screw up on the hardware or something like that, we have this like revenue stream to pad it and cover it and also like have this like dual dual stream that's helps us continue to grow over time. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, obviously like uh, it, the tobacco industry got a little complicated in the 50s and 60s. So, uh, or maybe not the 50s and 60s. I, We'll blank that out. I can't remember the date, but um, obviously, you know, in the the 1900s, the the tobacco industry was a complicated one. So TBD on what e-cigarettes is uh, is going to look like. Super, so. <laughs> super fascinating. But this company definitely thinks it's going to be as big as you know the the R.J. Reynolds and its its peers, William Morris. Is, was William Morris is at the South South Agency. <laughs> um, but um, you know, and apparently investors buy that story. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
Yeah. Um, so the last the last thing we want to cover uh, is this. Uh, you guys have probably maybe heard about it at this point, um, or have, like maybe you've tried apps like Headspace or anything along those lines. Um, there's a an application uh, called Calm, which I remember back in 2011. I I found this like website called Calm.com. Um, and it was just like the weirdest thing ever because you would go there and you would just like chill for a couple minutes and not really do anything um, and just like listen to listen to like chill stuff. And I remember like this was way back in like the early days of being an irresponsible journalist where I like wrote a story that was like Silicon Valley is freaking out about this website that uh, you go and just chill for a couple minutes or something like that. Anyways, so fast forward like seven or eight years later. Um, uh, is the 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 founders uh, Michael Acton Smith and and Alex Tu, um, who Alex Tu has been you know one of those figures in Silicon Valley for a little while, uh, have raised a twenty seven million dollar financing round from IVP uh, and Ashton Kutcher Sound Ventures at a two hundred fifty million dollar pre money valuation. So that is you know uh, two hundred seventy seven million dollar valuation soothing voice app um <laughs> it's one of the soothing voices but um but it, it is one of those things where it's like uh you know when i talked to when i talked to michael uh one of the co-founders he was like yeah like last year forget it this was a really hard sell and this year it's like yeah it was like you know we were able to pull this one together and when you look at what's happened in the past six months there's a confluence of a lot of things but like one of the things is like apple and and uh alphabet google whatever you want to call it google we'll call it google uh, started introducing like wellness features for their phones, like screen screen time management, app management, making sure you're not spending all of your time on Instagram or Snapchat or, or whatever. Um, and like trying to be more sensible about your smartphone usage. And obviously like Headspace has continued to, to grow over time. They raised money, I think back in like 2015 or 2016. And, uh, you know, Calm is like another one of those things that's coming in. It's like, you know, like actually be a little bit more mindful about the way you use your smartphone because, shocker maybe it actually wasn't that good for us right um, to spend all of our times on our phone uh, so there's that and then the other thing um again like we're in our little bubble so take it with a grain of salt but like when you talk to and i'm sure you've you've seen this too connie is like when you talk to investors um in silicon valley it's like people are like actually finally you know 10 years too late but like finally talking about like mental health sure, again sure and uh, not again, like t finally talking about it. And like, it's part of the discussion. And, you know, when you're, when you're investing in it, it's like, what do you, you know, obviously like you're, you're, you're partnering with this company and you're going to be working through them, but like, you're going to get that like crazy ass phone call from a founder at midnight on a Saturday <laughs> and you have to like talk them off a ledge or something like that. Right. Right. They're dealing uh, with depression all the time. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and mental and it's one of those things that, I mean, obviously it took us a really freaking long time to get here, but it's great that we're like finally talking about mental health issues in Silicon Valley and, and around the world. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen, obviously like you look at situations where you'd have uh, celebrities like Anthony Bourdain or, or Kate Spade passing away. And those are big iconic moments, but it's like, it's a thing. It's yeah. like a, it's like a very significant thing, at least in the tech industry. And so now, uh, we have, you know, we're at least seeing some movement uh, towards investing in ways that you can at least start to start to tackle that. Whether that's, you know, services like Lyra Health is one example where they're trying to figure out ways to to help manage uh, mental health issues and help people like find treatments because it is sort of a process. It's not like a it's not a a, a thing that's fixed right away. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the sort of 
other side of it, the consumer side of it is like, you know, kind of getting started in a soft approach with calm is like a good example and like training mindfulness and training yourself at getting a little bit better at sleep. Obviously, like these things aren't fixes, but it's, you know, there's money going into it finally. Uh, and it's, it's, it's actually like very refreshing to see having covered tech for like eight years uh, that, you know, we finally, it, it took us, it took us a while, but we finally got there. So, um, so it's, I mean, you've been, you've been covering this for, for much longer than I have. So I know you've seen this stuff firsthand as well. Sure. But no, you, I, I mean, I completely agree. I feel like out here, uh, you know, people talk about depression when there's some tragedy. I mean, sort of, you know, similar to what happened with Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. We've had, you know, suicides here of overworked, overstressed founders. Um, and then the issue is sort of, you know, everyone's talking about, and then it sort of, you know, re- moves into the background. Um, so I think it's great. I, I don't really cover these apps uh, very closely, but um, I definitely think it helped that Calm was Apple's favorite app of the year last year. That's, you know, like, could there be, you know, more helpful endorsement? I don't know how many, yeah. a million user, or excuse me, how many downloads it has at this point. I know like at the time that it was, uh, maybe like back in January, it had 14 million downloads. Did, did they say when they announced this new funding, how many downloads they have now? Well, well so uh, the, one of the things that they mentioned, and, and again, like this is probably one of the things that's enticing investors is like, this thing is actually like a real business. Like people are ready to pay for these kinds of products. Um, you know, uh, Michael said that, uh, last year generated about $22 million in revenue. Um, and this, again, this is like a content application. I was going to say, like, I, know it's, I know it's not just the app. Like, what are their other products? It, you're, you're going in and you're listening to stuff and you're like, you're, you're listening to people that are kind of training you to, uh, to again, like, I mean, the, the, you're like, Oh, be more mindful, but it is a thing, right? It's sort of like, you know, understanding how to, how to manage your thoughts when they're going a little bit crazy. And, and uh, and teaching you, you know, like ways to kind of calm down more before you calm.com, blah, 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 like calm down before you go to sleep and things like that. So and, uh, you know, uh, he also said that they're reaching an annual revenue run rate of 75 million. So it's one wow. of those things where it's like it is it is a like this is like a legitimate business. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I'm, I'm just saying they have. So they, I guess maybe last year, earlier this year, they produced a companion book called Calm the Mind. They also produce a sleep mist. Um, yeah. that's meant to be sprayed on the pillow to aid sleep. That's pretty fascinating. I'm, but I'm just, I'm just wondering what other, you know, it sounds like they have like the suite of things that they plan to build out with this new funding. Yeah. And then obviously like, I mean, an, I mean, another element of this too, and I think is, is, uh, is an important one is, you know, obviously everyone talks about like data science. It's like, oh, we have all this data, whatever, da, 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 da. But I mean, at its, at its core, like when you're looking at the collecting data from applications, you're collecting data on human behavior and you can gather these like really, uh, as, depending on like what kind of company you work for, you can gather these very interesting insights on the direction that people are going in, whether that's Lyft or Netflix or whatever. And, and Calm is one where I think that they have like kind of this unique opportunity where they can understand what people are doing when they're trying to learn or tackle these like complex issues that are going on mm-hmm. uh, and like try to, you know, calm down, right? Like not, no pun intended, right? And and you use that to kind of point the, point your point your intuition towards what to what to move into next or, or what to work on and then i guess you kind of have to, i mean it's content so you have to kind of have to guess right you can't just like it's not a, you content can't really be a factory um we've been in the media industry we know that but uh so there's a little bit of guesswork involved but that you know now we have more and more and more data on all these users um so it's like it's actually like i you know i'm really excited because i think it's like a, a situation where we can finally 
start understanding some of the underpinnings of of what's actually going on here in in ways that we we probably couldn't have done maybe five, six, seven years ago or something along those lines. Right. Either way, what's going to be interesting is, you know, there's just so many apps to choose from. Uh, It's always sort of interesting to see whether they, you know, sort of can maintain that mind share or they will lose it over time. You know, the the year before um, Calm One, best app of the year, it was Prisma, which transforms iPhone photos into artwork. Um, And I don't think, I don't know how that company doing but you know i don't think people are talking about it quite as much as they were the year that it won <laughs> so we'll see what happens with calm but i'm sure the funding will certainly help yep all right well uh thanks for thanks for joining everyone uh join us next week thanks guys all right everybody thank you for listening and a big thank you to matthew lindley connie loizos our producer christopher gates our executive producer henry pickovet and we will see you all right here next week